الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا Respected Allahs and dear brothers, the great Imam of this Ummah, the founder of the Shafi'i school of thought, Muhammad ibn Idris, famously known as Al Imam al Shafi'i, rahimahullah, he says, Wala khuznun yadumu, wala sururun, wala buksun alayka, wala rakha'u. Ida ma kuntada qalbin qanu'in, fa'anta wa maliku dunya sawa'u. He says, Neither grief, nor happiness, neither prosperity nor adversity will constantly remain with you. You will always experience emotional fluctuation. But he says, But if you, regardless of the situation, which you do not have control over, if you remain content, you are happy, you are satisfied, you remain composed. He says, then there's no difference between you and the one who owns the world. You are in control of the world if you can control your emotions. You control the world. The fluctuations in circumstances will not have an impact on your emotional self. Why? Because you are happy, you are satisfied, and you are content. You have the quality of qana'ah within you. In the midst of grief, in the midst of sorrow, very often we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about, Allah will bring about a moment of joy and happiness. Two months have passed since the genocide in Gaza. And there were many moments of grief, sorrow, that evoked within us heartache and pain. But there were also moments of joy, happiness, that brought laughter and smiles to our faces as well. It is Allah. He is the one who makes whomsoever he wishes laugh. And he is the one who makes whomsoever he wishes weep and cry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of your joy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is equally in control of your sorrow and grief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you laugh at times. And have moments of happiness in your life. But there are also moments of grief and sadness that you must inevitably experience within your life. The brothers of Yusuf alayhi salam, they requested their father 
that he should send Yusuf with them on a recreational outing. Many of us, we will be taking part in the recreational outing during this holiday period and during the holiday season. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, Rahmatullah he has mentioned under the commentary of this ayah that this ayah proves that you are allowed to participate and take part in a recreational outing provided the recreational outing is not carried out in an un-Islamic environment. The recreational outing does not lead you to exceed and to violate the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not an activity, it is not an outing that will attract immorality, that will attract heedlessness, and that will make you oblivious of the commandments of Allah. Nevertheless, they came to their father Yaqub alayhi salam. أَرْسِلْهُ مَعَنَا غَدًا O Father, send Yusuf with us. Twelve years old, according to some, fourteen years old, according to some, a bit younger than that. Send him with us tomorrow. Let him come out and enjoy himself. He will feast, he will have a good time, and he will experience the adventures that we have whenever we go out on these outings. Yaqub was hesitant, naturally, but eventually he agreed. Can you imagine the excitement of Yusuf How excited he was. You know, you always have the young brother who gets left behind by the older brothers. So every weekend the older brothers are going out, whether it's fishing, whether it's a camping trip, whether it's hiking, on some recreational outing, the little brother gets to, gets to stay behind. He's too young and he's waiting for the day because whenever they come back from that recreational outing, they're speaking about what a great time they had. And he's waiting for the day when his father will allow him to go along with his bigger brothers. Eventually, Yaqub agrees. Yusuf is elated, he's excited. The next day, the brothers come in the morning to collect Yusuf So they put down a show. And they start pretending in front of their father to allay his fears and to sort of make him confident that they will not do anything harmful towards Yusuf. And they began carrying him, one brother passing him to the next, and they're showing this outward expression of love and affection, and the father feels satisfied, and Yusuf is excited, and there's laughter, and there are smiles. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahmatullah alayhi, writes, he says, إِنَّهُمْ حَمَلُوا يُوسُفُ عَلَىٰ أَتَّافِهِمْ مَا دَامَ يَعْقُوبُ يَرَاهُمْ Yaqub he walked with them. There was hesitation, there was genuine fear. He suspected that something will harm Yusuf So he walked with them until a certain point. And while he was with them, they were carrying Yusuf on their shoulders, showing this love towards him, pretending of course, until they disappeared from the sight of Yaqub He writes, the moment they disappeared from the sight of their father, what did they do to this young boy? The brother on whose shoulder Yusuf was perched, on whose shoulder Yusuf was seated, he took Yusuf threw him down to the ground. Immediately. Fluctuation in emotion. Can you imagine Yusuf what's happening to him right now? Literally minutes earlier, there were smiles, he felt safe, and now there's confusion, there's heartache, there's pain, there's grief. It is Allah. Allah will make you laugh. And Allah will make you cry. Allah will bring about a situation where you feel confident and you feel comfortable and you feel happy. 
And Allah will also bring about a situation where you will feel heartache, pain, grief and sorrow. In the story of Musa alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described her grief. The instant she relieved, the instant she relieved, she released Musa alayhi salam into the river Nile. وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ أَنْ أَرْضِعِي Allah says we inspired the mother of Musa alayhi salam. Nurse him, nurse the little baby, and then فَإِذَا خِفْتِ عَلَيْهِ If you now fear for his life, that the forces of Fir'aun will come and take him and slaughter him, then what you should do is release him into the river Nile. وَلَا تَقَافِي وَلَا تَحْزَنِي Don't fear. O oh, mother of Musa, and don't grieve, don't be sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised to her through inspiration that we will definitely return him to you. Here you have one mother, her heart is shattered, it's aching, that pain. She has released her newborn child into the river Nile. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, another verse of the Quran, describing the emotional state of her heart. The fu'ad, Allah did not use qalb. In Arabic, there are different words used for the heart. Sometimes we use the word qalb with a qaf, qalb, which means heart. Sometimes Allah uses the word sadr or sudur. Sometimes the word fu'ad is used. When do we use the word fu'ad? If you look at the root letters of fu'ad, it means that which burns, something that is hot. So to show that her heart was on fire, Allah used the word fu'ad and not the word qalb. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the fu'ad, that burning emotional heart of the mother of Musa alayhi salam was farigan, was completely empty. It was free from any other distraction other than the thought of Musa alayhi salam. That was the condition of her heart at that time. And she releases this baby into the river Nile. And on the other end of the river, you have another woman. Who is that? The wife of Fir'aun, the queen of Egypt, Asiya, alayhi salam. There the same baby is retrieved from the river Nile and it is presented to her and her heart is filled with what? Happiness, joy. She describes this to her husband. She speaks about the happiness that has gripped her heart. When she receives this child on the other end of the river, the same child, that same baby is a source of heartache for one and is a source of happiness and laughter and smiles for another woman on the other side of the river. She, did, she says to her husband, Fir'aun, وَقَالَتِ امْرَأَةُ Fir'aun, wife said to him, This baby is a source of joy for me. He could not father any children. So she did not have any children. So she saw this as a source of joy and happiness. So here you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is in control of the heart of the mother of Musa. Allah makes her cry. Allah makes the queen of, of Egypt smile and laugh and happy using the same baby child. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of the emotional fluctuations that we have experienced. On the occasion of Badr, a Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is absolutely elated and he is happy and he is satisfied that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to enjoy such a momentous victory. A Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam leaves Badr. Prior to leaving, he sends two of his sahaba, 
Zaid ibn Haritha and Abdullah ibn Rawaha said, go as fast as possible, go to the people of Medina and announce to them the victory that Allah has allowed us to enjoy. So happy he is, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they arrived in Al-Madinah to Munawwara, Zaid ibn Haritha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he arrived in Al-Madinah to Munawwara, he meets his son Usamah, and Usamah radiallahu ta'ala anhu tells Zaid, Oh Zaid, we are coming from the Qabristan, we have just buried the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam leaves Badr, he stands there at that pit in Badr, where the most prominent figures and the most arch enemies of his were dumped. He stands there with a sense of joy, happiness, satisfaction and contentment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to witness that day. And he comes into Medina to Munawwara and he's standing at the grave of his daughter Ruqayyah radiallahu ta'ala anha. Annahu huwa abhaka wa abka. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of the emotions of the heart. Allah will make you smile, laugh. Allah will also make you cry and weep. Two months have passed, brothers, since the beginning of the genocide in Gaza. The past two months have been quite an emotional roller coaster for the Ummah. There were scenes that evoked pain. There were scenes that evoked heartache. There were scenes that made you cry. There were times where you had the best start to your day. And then during the day, you witnessed scenes that made you cry. That made you witness scenes that made you weep. You witnessed a young mother, not only one young mother, many young mothers holding on to her baby who is shrouded in blood-stained kafan. You saw the scene where a helpless father is going through the rubble of his bombed home, bombed to smithereens with the hope of finding the bodies of not one child, two child, but four of his children. You saw the scene when a little girl sat beside the dead body of her father and weep, begging him to come back to her and not to leave without her. You saw these emotional scenes that evoked pain, that made you cry, that made you weep. But you also witnessed scenes, especially during the ceasefire. There were scenes that evoked joy. There were scenes that evoked laughter. There were scenes that evoked happiness in the heart. When on the other side of Palestine you saw young boys and women being released from the prisons of the Israelis. On the one end there are celebrations, there is laughter, there is joy, there is happiness. And in this part, when they returned to their home, there were bodies thrown on the street. And they came back to homes that were bombarded and bombed to smithereens. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who allows us to enjoy this emotional fluctuation. Now, we have no control over such situations. Few years ago, we had no control over COVID-19, the pandemic that spread throughout the world. We had no control over the circumstance. We had no control over the situation. When we had riots and when we had floods and when we had looting, you and I had no control over the situation. Very often, in fact all the time, you and I don't have control over the situation and we don't have control over the outcome as well. Everyone is asking about the outcome, what is the outcome, what will happen. Allah is in control of the outcome, Allah is in control of the situation. You and I, we are in control of our reaction. We are in control of our reaction. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us control over. But the circumstance, you don't have any control over it. The outcome, we have no control over it. But we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully in charge and fully controls both 
the circumstance and the outcome, while Allah has given us the ability to control our reaction and our response to the circumstance, whether favorable, unfavorable, whether bad, whether good, whether prosperity or happiness, whether laughter or tears. The question is, how do we react? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us control over our reaction, then how do we react when happy, when smiling, when laughing? When I experience an occurrence that evokes joy, then how should I react? Number one, we do not forget Allah. Do not become unmindful of your spiritual duties towards Allah. Very often, when we are in a mood of happiness and joy, and we are perhaps in that part of the year where generally the mood is a happy one, there are graduations taking place, there are so many weddings that are taking place, there are so many functions that are taking place, jalsas that are taking place, so many events that evoke joy, happiness, more time spent with the family and so on and so forth. How do I react when Allah allows me to enjoy these moments of happiness and joy? We never forget Allah. We never become unmindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Farun, he was a multi-multi-billionaire, if not a trillionaire. And he was so excited with the wealth that Allah allowed him to possess. And he was so happy. But the happiness led him to forget Allah and to transgress the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's what we need to understand. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this moment of happiness and joy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an event which we celebrate then we do not become unmindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not become unmindful of our spiritual duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'arraf ila Allah ifirraqa Don't forget Allah in your prosperity. Allah will not forget you in your adversity. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if it is a moment and an occurrence, an event that makes me cry, that makes me weep, and an event that evokes sorrow and grief, heartache and pain, then what is expected of me? Since I am in control of the reaction, how should I react? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with a very, very powerful mechanism known as riba. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, what did he say? إِذَا مَا كُنْتَ ذَا قَلْبٍ قَنُوعٍ فَأَنْتَ وَمَالِكُ الدُّنْيَا Listen, you stay in control, maintain composure. Don't get overexcited, don't become too happy that you forget Allah and you become unmindful of Allah when Allah gives you that moment of happiness and joy and do not become so sad and depressed and so grieved at what happens that you become paralyzed and you can't move. Remain composed. Remain in control of your emotions, you control the world. You will control the circumstance. So long as you do not become prey to the demand of your emotions. What is a riba? Riba is that element Allah has blessed us with. In order to come to terms with the grief that we suffer from, with the many events that evoke so much sorrow, grief, heartache and pain over the past two months. Riba literally means to be content, to be happy, to be satisfied, but riba is to remain composed at the depth of your being, there's tranquility, there is stillness in the midst of tragedy and chaos. There's that inner 
feeling of satisfaction and peace. To understand the riba, especially during the genocide that's taking place, how do I apply riba? Or what should I be feeling right now, considering that my emotion must be steered by riba? This inner char characteristic of riba. Allow me to cite an example. Let's say you read a story or you read a book. There are different chapters in the book. There are those scenes in the book that evoke happiness. There are those scenes in the book that evoke joy and that make you laugh and make you smile. There are other scenes in the book that evoke grief, heartache, pain. There are certain chapters in the book that make you cry. But what you do is you choose to read the last chapter before reading the first. And when you read the last chapter, you realize that there is a happy ending to the story. So now, as you read the story, there will be emotional fluctuations. There will be fluctuations in your emotions as you read the different scenes. But there is a feeling of contentment, satisfaction. There is a feeling of relief knowing that there is a happy ending to the story. Allah has promised us, brothers, that the outcome belongs to Allah. Allah will not disappoint us. We will experience happiness, joy. Either in this dunya, victory will belong to us. And in akhirah, paradise belongs to us. The outcome is a happy one. There's a happy ending. So don't get stuck with this scene. And in your personal life as well, if you are experiencing a suffering, yes, it's very painful to, to lose a parent. It's very painful to lose a spouse with whom you shared half of your life. It's very painful to lose a child. But that's one scene. That's one chapter. You don't stop reading. You move on. There are other chapters as well that will evoke happiness, joy, and evoke excitement within your life. That is riba. We know the outcome belongs to the believers. This is a scene that does indeed evoke a lot of heartache, pain, and rightfully so. But we don't allow it to consume us to the point when we become depressed, we lose hope, we feel helpless, and we feel weak. It is a scene from amongst the scenes. It is a chapter in the many chapters of this ummah. Allah has told us what the last chapter is about. We are satisfied. Allah has promised us that the last chapter is one wherein the believers will see success, victory, happiness, and joy, both in dunya and akhirah. There are some practical steps that we can take, we can take to attain ribah. So we spoke about riba, composure and maintaining composure, feeling satisfied, content, even if the event is one of chaos and anarchy. One is a dua, a very important dua, and we should make this dua as often as possible. Our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us a dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka sihha wal'ifa wal'amana wa husna al-khuluq wal-rada bil-qadr. Oh Allah, I ask you sihha, good health. I ask you ifah, bashfulness, modesty. Well, amana, I ask you honesty, trustworthiness. Wa husna al-khuluq, I ask you good character. Wa rada bil qada. Oh Allah, I ask you to allow me to experience rada, to experience satisfaction with every decree of yours. An important dua that we should make. Another practical way of Developing the quality of Rada, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Umburu ila man huwa asfala minkum. Don't ever look at those who are above you. 
who are living a better life than the life that you have, that have more than what you have, that possess more than you have. Don't look at those who are above you in terms of the material comforts, gains and luxuries of this dunya. But look to those who are below you. Don't compare what you don't have to what others have, but compare what you have to what others don't have. The moment you do that, you already feel satisfied, content and happy with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you because it may not be the best, but many don't have that what you have. I leave you with a dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made. And this dua, there's a beautiful khutbah that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam delivered a few days before he passed away. He was extremely ill and he couldn't move. And he told the family members of his home that take seven water skins, fill those seven water skins with water and pour them over me because I feel the need to go and address my ummah. According to some, it was Wednesday. Rasulullah passed away on the Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. Beautiful advices that Rasulullah imparted to the ummah. He's imparting advices to the ummah. At the end, Rasulullah knew that my ummah will suffer. My ummah will be killed. My ummah will suffer oppression. He prophesied it, he spoke about it. Rasulullah says, says, A time will come where a year will pass, and the year that comes after it will be worse than the year that comes before it. Things will only get worse. So he knew exactly what the ummah will experience and the suffering that the ummah will encounter. And he sat on that mimbar. And he made a dua for the ummah. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said, Awaakumullah, may Allah, may Allah take you in his refuge. Hafidhakumullah, may Allah look after you. Nasarakumullah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you. Sabbatakumullah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you firmly established. Ayyadakumullah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala support you and be with you. This is a dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa left for this ummah and a dua that he made for this ummah and we have full conviction in the fact that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like many other duas that he made has been answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah